0: In this new year, what kind of people are we called to be? Hear the word of the Lord from 1 Peter chapter 2, where the scripture says, The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, and a stone that causes men to stumble in a rock that makes them fall. Speaking of Christ, they stumble because they disobey, which is what they were destined for. But you, God's people, those who name the name of Christ. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous life. For once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have mercy. Received Mercy, we're God's people. And as God's people, we live as unto the Lord because of the glory of Christ. And so I want to go to a passage of Scripture that's familiar to you and give a bird's eye view of, of several statements called the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5 where Christ is talking to people who are around him. And in the course of the Sermon on the Mount, he says something that is unbelievable, that must have caused people to gasp in horror and pain. He says in chapter 5, verse 20, to these gathered groups of people, all types of people, for I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. And I'm sure the people, are you kidding me? Come on. Our righteousness surpasses that of the the Pharisees, the purity party, and the teachers of the law. Now, we know when we read the rest of Scripture that the righteousness that is ours is in Christ. Romans 3 says, but now our righteousness has been made known to which the law and the prophets spoke, a righteousness that comes by faith in Christ. So, so we read all of Scripture based upon the foundation of of who we are in Christ Jesus, that our righteousness is found only in Him. And in that regard, our righteousness has far surpassed that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. So based upon our position in Christ, based upon the fact that we're called out people, based upon the fact that we're a holy nation, a people belonging to God, Jesus says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed, happy, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted. So so. We look at these, and let me just just, just what, what kind of people, what type of people ought we to be in, in this new year, the first Sunday of a new year? Uh, he says, first of all, blessed are the poor in spirit. The poor in spirit are, are those who have recognized their sin and continually run to the cross. They see their sin. There's a, some wonderful quotes in the sermon outline and this one is by a guy named John Owen, I have quote frequently, but he says, halfway down the paragraph, he says, now, now next to the receiving of the righteousness prepared for us in Christ, to know this is the chief part of our wisdom, and that this refers to the putting sin to death, the understanding of, of, of that we are people in need of grace. He says this, to be truly acquainted with the principle of the dying of sin To feel virtue and power flowing from the cross of Christ. To find sin crucified in us as Christ was crucified for us. This is wisdom indeed. This is in him alone. I I love to, to feel virtue and power flowing from the cross of Christ. See, the poor, in, the poor in spirit continue to run to Christ. The poor in spirit continue to go to the cross. And as you run to the cross and you stand by the cross and you glory in the cross and you worship, you feel power flowing from the cross in helping you defeat sin and live for Christ. To be a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation of people belonging to God. But blessed are the, the poor in spirit. And in, in, in that regard. We all deal with sin every day. So when you find yourself snapping at a friend or being short with your spouse or experiencing even a bubbling up of road rage as you drive, or or demanding, demand, in the quietness of your soul, you say, I'm, I'm demanding from a coworker something that I don't do. This should cause us to run to the cross, and it should cause us to say, oh, I am, uh, thank you, Lord, for reminding me how much I daily need grace. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who recognize their sin and continually run to Christ. Then he says this, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And I, I, mourning here is a mourning over sin, a mourning over your own sin and the sin of your culture. Uh, your own sin and the sin of your culture. And let me say, in both these areas, I'm speak of both, there is a balance and the Holy Spirit will have to give you the balance, let me explain first of all the sin of your culture the sin around us Uh, I was at a mountaineer shop recently with a guy that's a mountaineer, he kind of runs this small shop and he's lived in the hills for a long time and he used to live in Boone, North Carolina and now he's out. In the West. And he said, I said, well, man, you must have enjoyed Appalachian State football. And he says, I don't know and I don't care. I said, really? He said, I don't like sports. I said, oh, okay. He said, in fact, people ask me about political issues. I don't know and I don't care. They asked me about movies. I don't know and I don't care. I, I don't care about anything. Like that. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Th- that's not an option for us. Not football. I mean, I mean just, you know. Saying I don't know and I don't care. We are. Jesus says, "May they be in the world, but not of the world." So that's one extreme. The other extreme are are, are people who spend way too much time watching CNN and Fox, and they're building panic rooms next to their their den, and they're they're, they're always got their hand on the panic button. And they push it hard as they scream, going to oblivion. And, and I am very concerned for a plethora of issues in our culture. But I also know that the, the, the living God says in Matthew chapter 6, do not worry about your life, what you'll wear, and what you'll eat, and what you'll put on. Is life not important than, than food and clothing? Look at the birds of the air. Your father, your father. Your father. Or read morning and evening this morning. First Peter five, seven. Cast all your anxieties on the Lord, for he cares for you. You know, so so the, some somewhere over here, here's I don't know, I don't care. Over here's the building panic rooms next to your den. So we live somewhere somewhere here. And the Holy Spirit will give you grace. I mean some of us who are older, I remember being a child in the early sixties and, and sitting around my kitchen table talking to my parents about, should we build an atomic blast shelter? So if there's an atomic blast in you know, the Cuban Missile Crisis, we might be able to, to survive. And I'm, 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 I'm thinking I'm first, second grader. And, and I remember going to my school and having atomic blast raids. Remember that? Some of you, you, you duck beneath your desk. Now, how's that going to help an atomic weapon, you know? You dug beneath your desk at Yakinville Elementary School. We're safe here, man, you know? I mean. No wonder I'm so weird. When you grow up with that type of doomsday panic button. But we, we mourn, we mourn for our culture. I, listen, let me recommend a book. It's called, it's by a man named Charles Murray. It's called Coming Apart, White America, 1960 to 2010. He says, we've written about Asian Americans, Latinos, African Americans. He says, what about, and he's, and it's a, he says the vast majority of white America, all the trends that point to health are going the other way. We live in a, very, a time where we need revival, desperately. He says that that which has made America great, which was the spirit of industriousness and honesty and religiosity, he says, that, that was the fabric of middle America is, is disappearing. It's an incredible book. You ought to read it to make you more prayerful. But blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So, so there's a balance, and then there's our own sin. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Our own sin. There's a we we, we mourn over our own sin. But James chapter four says, "Grieve, mourn, and well, Turn your laughter to joy, and your uh, turn your your laughter to gloom, and your joy to mourning." And He's talking to people who just says, it's, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. And James says, you know, sin, sin is a big deal. Sin's a big deal. You submit yourselves to the Lord, you resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. But we're not, sin's a big deal. We're in spiritual warfare. It's a big deal. So, so again, there's this balancing act between, between knowing our sin and grieving over it and, 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 and being people who or unaware of it, we live somewhere here. G.K. Chesterton, who died in 1936, the British wit said that Satan fell by force of gravity because he took himself too seriously, while the unfallen angels still fly because they take themselves so lightly. One of the great comments in Mere Christianity on his chapter on Pride, Lewis says that if, if our religion makes us feel feel smug and better than other people we may be convinced that we're not being operated on by god but by the devil he says that the test of true spirituality is when you come to the presence of god either you forget about yourself or you see yourself as a small and dirty object he said it's better just to forget about yourself i think he's right Are you mourning over your sin? If you are, you'll be comforted because when you mourn, you run to the cross and you get outside of yourself. John Calvin says that that we are prompted by our own ills to contemplate the good things of God and we cannot seriously aspire to him before we begin to become displeased with ourselves. We cannot seriously aspire to seeking heart after God until we become displeased with ourselves. Are you mourning over your sin and over the sin of your culture? If you are, you'll be comforted as you run to the cross. And then he says this, blessed are the meek, the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Meek people are approachable people. Meek people are teachable people. Meek people... Are easy to live with. Meek people are quick to confess their sins and to get back on the trail because it's progression. Poor in spirit, mourn, and you're meek. You, you, you see who you are and you see the grace of Christ. I, there's this statement here, sermon outline by this book called Dangerous Con. It's a great book. But he says this. Tripp says, if you aren't daily admitting to yourself that you are a mess and in rather desperate need for forgiving and transforming grace, and if the evidence around has not caused you to abandon your confidence in your own righteousness, then you are going to give yourself to the work of convincing yourself that you're okay. How do you do that? Well, you point to the ample evidence the fallen world gives you that the people in situations around you are flawed and broken and are, therefore, the reason you respond to life in the way you do. You tell yourself again and again and again that they are the problem and that you are not. Abandon the confidence in your own righteousness. I was talking to someone the other day, or a few weeks ago, who... You don't know about somebody you don't know. So he anyway, said that this person is, is a believer. They trusted Christ and they're, they're disciplined. It's, then this person said, he can be harsh and demanding. And then they said kind of reflectively in passing, I think he is that way because he hasn't truly understood the depth of the grace of Christ. And I went, bingo. Bingo. Check. See, meek people have tasted the mercy of Jesus and they're approachable. They're, they're not demanding. They're not harsh. Are you meek? Will your spouse or your kids or your friends say you're meek, approachable, not weak? But do you daily admit that you're a mess in need of the transforming grace of Christ, do you daily say in one way or another, Lord Christ, you're right. You're the vine. I'm a branch. If I abide in you, I can bring forth fruit, but apart from you, I can't pull it off. Yeah. Meekness. I, I always think that one of the prerequisites for any type of spiritual leadership, being a small group leader or pastor or an elder, or is is understanding grace. Listen to this verse, this Galatians 6. Brothers, if anyone or if something, someone is, is caught or trapped or in any sin, you who are spiritual should go and restore him with a spirit of gentleness. But watch yourself. Watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and thus fulfill the law of Christ. brothers, if anyone is caught in any sin, you who are spiritual, go and restore him with a spirit of gentleness. Why do we do it with a spirit of gentleness? In In part, the next statement, but you watch yourself, or you too will be tempted. In other words, you're not above this. You're a wounded person going to a wounded brother, a wounded sister. Saying, let me get the speck out of your eye, but first let me get the log out of my eye. Meek people. Approachable people. People who have abandoned confidence in their own righteousness. I think of the, the stirring testimony of Paul in, in Philippians. Paul talks about his heritage and and. And he says, he says this, if anyone thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Let me just stop there. I don't think we can understand this passage as Americans. I think you have to live in a culture that has ranks and titles or castes or some, we're just, we're, we live in a leveler society. You have to realize that in Paul's day to say, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I'm from this tribe. I, I was, a, as far as the law was, he says, I, I, was, a, I was faultless. I was, a, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Uh, He's just laying out his pedigree saying, man, boasting, 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 boasting. That's who I was. I was a self-made man. I was a go-for-it guy. I was at the top of my game. I had a peerage, if you're from... England, I I had it. Then he says this. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I consider them to be nothing but garbage. My standing, my boasting in my ethnicity, rubbish, garbage, meekness, grace. So, poor in spirit, mourn, meek, hunger and thirst after righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled uh, in the same passage, the apostle Paul says, forgetting what lies behind, but reaching forward to what lies ahead, this one thing I do, this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to one thing. We hunger and thirst for righteousness. We, we, we're people who say, Lord, let me see the glory of Christ. Again, back to mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis said this, this is, really good. he said, See, that's why the real problem of the Christian life comes when people do not usually look for it. It it comes the very moment you wake up each morning. All your wishes and hopes rush at you like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists simply in shoving them all back and listening to that other voice, taking in that other point of view, letting that, other, larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in, a coming in out of the wind. First thing in the morning, the first thing you wake up and all of a sudden you get hit, 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 hit. He says you push it back into the closet, you lock the door, and you let the life of Christ flow into you as you sit with the Word, as you think, as you pray. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. A coming to faith in Christ. We put ourselves in the place of hearing the Scripture, of taking the Scripture, of thinking the Scripture. We, we, we hunger and thirst for righteousness. We seek Him because, as one old Puritan said, there's a, di- there's a wide difference between understanding the doctrine of Scripture as in the letter and the true knowledge of the mind of Christ. We seek Christ because Colossians says, in Christ all things hold together. You want your life to sing. You want to have hope and joy and laughter. You seek Christ. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. I want well for you. I want hope for you. I want joy for you. I want peace for you. I want God to use you and use me. And that that comes as we seek after Christ, as we hunger and thirst for the righteousness is found only in Christ. As we say, Lord, bend me to your ways. We seek him because he's gloriously good. We seek him because, listen to this promise from Psalm chapter 4. Offer right sacrifices, trust in the Lord. Many are asking who can show us any good? Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. You have filled my heart with greater joy than when their grain and new wine abound. I will lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. That's it. You filled my heart with greater joy than when their stock portfolio and their team wins. I will lie down and sleep in peace, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. But you see, I think the brilliance of the Sermon on the Mount is we don't really hunger and thirst for righteousness until we're poor in spirit, we're mourning, and we're meek, and then we hunger and thirst. That's the people we are. And out of that, out of that, Christ says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Merciful people. Blessed are the... the The pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. This is the type of people we should be. Merciful. Pure in heart. See, sin disturbs. I was reading this recently. It's so good. This guy died in 1688, a long time ago. But he says this. He talks, he says, whenever Christ is absent, it is night with a believer. He is the sun. If if he if if he goes down, if his beams are eclipsed, if his light is not in you, it is darkness. It is darkness. The absence of Christ will indeed make it night, dark as darkness itself in the middle of all other glowing consolations. We must have Christ. To be involved in sin that robs you of joy and eclipses the face of Christ and He says, we would say, I I, I fear that you don't love me, Lord. I fear that you've forsaken me because I know I deserve not to be loved. And he says this, these thoughts for a believer are hard as hell. They give no rest to the soul. If I find not myself on your heart and arm I am as one that lies down in a bed of suffering coals. Close quote. And then he says this. Therefore, I argue for a holy greediness of delight. He says, "I have a greediness of delight to be found only in Christ. I am greedy." For the delight is found only in the Lord Jesus. I am greedy to walk in in impurity and, and, and to have my attitudes right and, and to have my sins confessed. I am greedy because I don't want the, the presence of Christ to in any way be hindered by my sin. A holy greediness of delight. Well I like that. See, that's that's what I want. Sin disturbs, it robs, it clouds. So so you you're poor in spirit. You mourn. You're meek. You hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now that, you're merciful and you're pure in heart and you're peacemaker. You're willing to be perfect. That, that, that's who we're called to be. So I, I say, church, that we should put ourselves in the place of blessing. We should put ourselves in the place where we, where we hear from God, where we hear his word. We should put ourselves in, in the place of being vitally involved in the body of Christ and being with God's people on the Lord's day. We, we should put ourselves in, in adult Bible study where we, we hear scripture and we think about it and we ponder it. In community groups where we hear scripture and we build webs of relationships. Women, January 18, 19, Friday night, Saturday morning, we have an incredible conference here um, with a woman named Elise Fitzpatrick who's written some marvelous books and is a wonderful speaker. You put yourself in the place of blessing by being here. Every woman should be here. I think it's $10. Isn't it $10? I mean, it's. $10. That's a trip to Starbucks for most people. Right? Is that right? Something like that. Virginia. Okay. $10. A uh, man to man starts Friday. But you put yourself in a place of blessing, to be used of God and to know Him, to be equipped to pursue Christ's passion impact the culture. That's who we're called to be. Let's pray. Lord, as uh, this year dawns, uh, as we have the first Lord's Day in 2013, we acknowledge uh, that we are your people and the sheep of your pasture. We acknowledge that you are God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We acknowledge that unless our righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. And we cannot do that. One had to do that for us. And you did that, Almighty God, when you became a man and died on the cross for our sins. And we rejoice in that every day. And because of that, we want to live as unto you. We want to know you, the one who is life indeed. Oh God, make us people who are indeed poor in spirit, those who mourn and give us your comfort, those who are meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who are, because of all of these things, those who are merciful, those who are pure in heart, those who are peacemakers, those who are willing to be persecuted. Lord, make us that type of people. Uh, In our culture and around the world, God have mercy upon us. May the light of your presence shine brightly in 2013 among us, in us, and through us to our culture around us. In Jesus' name, amen.